Oh, my God. I'm ready for bed. It's like 7 o'clock on a Sunday, and I'm tired. I've had a very great, fun time. I went to Drake's Island. I went, I went, we went to Uncle Hawk's place on Drake's Island in Wells, Maine this weekend, and I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm tired. My, my son had me playing tennis for hours. I'm terrible at tennis, but I'm happy that we finally found a sport that my son likes. He's, I, I feel like my, my son, um, doesn't like football. He doesn't like baseball. Well, you know what? He said he likes baseball, but no football, no wrestling, video games all the time, always in the house. And then we get up to Hawks and he says, Hey, is that a tennis court in the backyard? And, you know, I laugh to myself. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a tennis court. And boom, instantly he gets out there with the racket, plays for like two hours. Then we take a walk to the rec club down on, um, uh, on, on Drake's Island Road or whatever it is. Hawk takes him to, to this place where there's a big backboard and Nariam's there playing tennis and Hawk's showing him the moves and, then the next day, which is today, he plays with all the guys. He loves it. But I'm tired. Dad is tired. I, I have no time for tennis in my life. Dad needs sleep. I drank a lot. I watched a real... You know what? We watched a really good movie up in Maine. And I, I, I got to find the name of the movie. Susan Sarandon, who we all know. It's, <laughs> listen, we, we'll talk about The Rock as well. So I still like actors for their ability to act. I just have to take out their political views. Obviously, Susan Sarandon is super lib. But the movie that she was in, she was in with the guy who who, who was from the original Jurassic Park. It, it was a great movie. I don't know the goddamn name of it. Maybe Hawk does, but it was good. It was moving. Honestly, it was a, it's a tough movie to watch while you're drinking because we're all having a good time drinking, and then the mood became very sad and melancholy. But I'm beat. I could go to bed right now. I'm telling you, I could fall asleep right here while we're doing the podcast. Plenty of things that we have to talk about, but as always, I need to get the formalities out of the way. This is America's podcast, spazzing out America's podcast. It's your podcast. We do it five times a week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You can get the podcast the next day. I record it at night. You can get it the next day. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Pandora. You can ask Alexa. You can say, hey, Alexa, play Spazzing Out, America's Podcast. You can get the podcast. Go to anthonypaziali.com. A bunch of links to where my podcast is, and I need you to subscribe to the podcast. When I report, when I report, when I record the podcast, I do it on Facebook, I do it on Twitter, and I do it on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, Follow me or subscribe, sub, sub to my channel. I'd appreciate it. Share this, let people know that we're here. If you're watching on Twitter, retweet this, follow me. And if you're on Facebook, like the page or follow the page, set up notifications to know when we go live, share this live feed. There, the formalities are out of the way. Things we need to talk about briefly, and then things we need to talk about in depth. Briefly, we need to talk about the Patriots. We need to talk about The Rock. We need to, we have we have a new segment. It's called Remote Asses, which when people who are in their remote class do something stupid or something stupid happens, remote asses. We may uh, we 
New Hampshire is no longer the live free or die state. It is the live free and die state. We'll cover that. Sharks. We need the sharks. We needed the monkeys. Now we need the sharks. We're going to talk about why. We're going to get in to the Senate Judiciary Committee and the garbage that they're trying and the garbage that the Democratic side is trying to pull when trying to nominate or meet with Amy Carney. Um, did I say that right? Barrett. I don't know. Whatever. Fucking Justice Barrett. Or soon to be Justice Barrett. We need to talk about that. I already talked about The Rock. We talked about New Hampshire. All right. All I can say is no when it comes to The Rock. If you smell what The Rock is cooking, I absolutely love The Rock. I have a man crush on Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Luckily, I am one of those people that can separate politics from acting. I like him as an actor. I like him as a wrestler. I am pissed off that he is supporting Joe Biden for the run for president. All right, guys, as usual, anytime I do the podcast, my daughter comes down and she needs to interrupt. I'm, I'm sure that great broadcasters, um, you know, like, like Marconi from the beginning or even Joe Rogan now constantly get interrupted while they're doing their podcast. What? Sure, go ahead, honey. But I, daddy's doing his podcast. All right. I love The Rock. But The Rock has, has endorsed Joe Biden. So for the day, we'll be upset with Dwayne. We, we don't support Biden on this show. And the, the, because we don't know if Joe Biden is even alive. We don't know if the guy even exists. He's been campaigning. Here's an example. All of September, President Trump has been campaigning being the president. Half of September were days off for Joe Biden. He campaigns for a day. He takes two days off. He campaigns for a day. He takes two days off. We need a president that is actually going to be alive and well to run our country and have tons of energy and be ready to take on and battle. We, do, we can't have a president that says, okay, I'm president today, but the next two days I got I to gotta take him off. I got I to gotta relax. The, ne- the next two days we got to chill. You know, he can't be like, all right, today I'm going to be president. And then, you know, Kamala Harris is going to take over for two days because I'm going to be tired and I need a nap. He's going to feel like me. I need a nap. I'm tired from hanging out on Drake's Island up in Maine. I'm tired from walking the beach. I'm tired from playing tennis. I'm beat. I need a, I need a nap just like Sleepy Joe needs a nap. 15 days out of the month campaigning. Sleepy Joe needs a nap. So The Rock, who is full of energy, full of life, full of gravitas, has put his weight behind Joe Biden, and I'm upset with that because I love The Rock, and I love his movies, and, and, and I implore people, try to separate the actor from the politics, but it but it's tough. It is. Like I said, I was watching a movie with Susan Sarandon in it, and I'm like, eh, you know, I, I keep thinking about her. As I get older, I, I, can't, I it's like watching Robert De Niro in The Joker, and I'm like, yeah, Murray, I'm glad you got your fucking head blown off. It's tough. It's tough to separate them from their work and their, and their politics as you get older. But anyways, The Rock, I, I love him. He has descended. He's supporting Joe Biden. The Pats, they won today. If you're hearing it tomorrow, Pats look good. They didn't play great the whole game. First half was rough. Second half, they looked better. Cam played well. Not outstanding. Not awful. But we win again 
and now we're two and one, and we should actually be three and zero. We, uh, goddamn, we should have beat Seattle, but we don't have to get deep into the Pats. I'm a huge Patriots fan. I love football, but on this program, we typically talk politics, so I'll leave the sports to the other people. I just wanted to mention the fact that the Patriots are now 2-1, and one, and if there was a Super Bowl trip coming, get your tickets, because we're going, we're going to the ship, and if we go to the ship, I'm going to be doing my podcast from the ship. I'll figure that out. I probably won't go to the game, but I want to be at Radio Row. I've been at Radio Row the last three Patriots Super Bowls broadcasting. And now that I have my own podcast, I have to be there for spazzing out America's podcast. I wanted to get through that. Let's get, uh, you know what? Why don't we do remote asses? And then we'll get to the two topics that I want to talk to you guys about. Remote asses. What is remote asses? Someone says fucking politics is boring. See, I like politics which is what I like to talk about. I love sports, but if I'm going to talk sports, I'd rather be able to do it live on the radio where I can take phone calls and have conversations with people. Love talking sports. I could talk about the Celtics. I could talk about the Bruins. I could talk about the Pats. I could talk about the fact that the Red Sox moved on from their manager today. I love that shit too, but I don't like that I can't have a conversation with you guys. A little back and forth. We can't break down a play and get your side of the story. So I typically say what happened and I move on from it. Remote Asses is a segment on America's podcast on Spazzing Out where remote class is happening, but something stupid happens. So now it's Remote Asses. In today's episode of Remote Asses, a nine-year-old from um, Louisiana has been suspended. At first, he was expelled. He was kicked out completely, but they reversed it. So now he, he got suspended for six days. And this is what happens when you let people, when the teacher can see into your home, you're going to see things that you're not supposed to see. You're going to get a good insight into how somebody lives. It's quite like when you have a girlfriend and you've dated her for a little bit, but you don't really know her until you move in with each other. Once you guys have lived together for a bit, then you really get to know her and you're like, ah, ah. Or she might say the same to you. Your habits, she gets to learn everything about you, how you live, how you clean. Disgusting. But the teacher in the school, have hey, there's, there's morons. Here's the problem. I'll, I'll get to the story, and then we'll talk about why there are morons that exist in public education, and then there are morons that, that, that also exist at home. So the kid, this nine-year-old, is doing remote schooling, and his sibling in the background, trips and falls and knocks over a gun. It's a, it, it looks, it, it, he knocks over a gun. The nine-year-old grabs the gun, puts it next to him. Now, it's not even a gun. It's a BB gun. And then whatever happens, the kid goes off screen. He disappears, bad connection. Of course, I think it's in the right of, for the teacher to try to figure out what happened. If they thought they saw a gun, they need to try to figure it out. So the teacher tries to figure this shit out. She calls, can't get the parents. Calls, can't get the kid. Calls the grandmother, tells the grandmother, hey, I was just doing a remote class with your grandson. Uh, your grandson has a gun. Which, again, it, it just saying that someone has a gun creates panic. But, whatever. It all gets sorted out. They find out that it's a BB gun. So now you have this nine-year-old kid, which I don't care if nine-year-old kids have BB guns. My son had a BB gun when he was nine years old. My son has real guns now. My, my son has uh, a, a shotgun, a rifle, 
um, an AR-16, I don't know, AR-16, AR-15, I don't know what the hell it is, I'm not, I don't have any guns, I'll never be able to have a gun, but his grandfather's teaching him how to shoot, and the kid's a hell of a shot, he's, he's, very well educated in the proper use of using a gun, cleaning a dun- gun, gun safety, all that crap. Phenomenal shot. But anyways, the teacher freaks out. Everybody goes nuts. They try to figure out what what they try to figure out what exactly the kid has. Here's where common sense needs to kick in. I think the teacher did the right thing by reaching out to find out what was going on. The teacher saw a gun, and that's the right thing to do. The teacher is watching this kid at home. She sees that the kid picked up a gun because the brother tripped over it. Of course, she should call and find out. But once they found out it was just the kid's BB gun, I think at that point, the brakes need to get pumped. Everybody just needs to relax. The adults in the room need to be adults. The superintendent and the teacher and everybody needs to take a step back and say, okay, look, We can't keep this kid from having a BB gun at his house. Now, our rules for on campus, we can. You can't bring a BB gun to school. You can't bring a a slingshot to school. You can't bring a weapon to school. But this is his home. This is his bedroom. And it's a BB gun, not a real gun. I get the panic to find out what happened and I'm not upset about that. And I don't think anybody should be. I think any good teacher or any good... Okay, we're back. You got cut off. If you're listening to the podcast in the car, most of you do. About 500 downloads a day now for spazzing out for people that are listening in the car. You know that I always have technical difficulties that someone either calls or that the iPad craps out. And the iPad crapped out. We were in the middle of talking about common sense in the classroom. Common sense for teachers. Common sense for parents. But for a second, I need everybody to hang on because I need to bring up my other recording thing because there were people watching on uh, Twitter that got bumped out because I was getting a phone call. This is fantastic. It's the greatest podcast, America's podcast. It's Paula. It's the best. I love it. Hold on. So I'll recap to get myself back on where I was. Nine-year-old was going to get expelled from school. Nine-year-old gets suspended from school because a teacher saw a gun in the background. One of his siblings tripped over it, so the kid grabbed it, put it next to him. Teacher rightfully gets concerned, immediately calls the parents, couldn't get the parents, gets in touch with the grandparents and says, hey, you, the kid has a gun. I, I The teacher 100% should do that, and I'll tell you why in a second. I'll break that down in a second. Now, once they found out that it was a BB gun, common sense needs to kick in and a little restraint needs to kick in. The superintendent should be smart enough to step up and say, hey, look, we're gonna, they should be telling these teachers this and parents, look, this is something new. We're, we're in everybody's homes now. We're seeing everything everybody has at home, what their life is at home, how crazy it is or how good it is or how fucked up it is, all sorts of stuff. Weird things are going to happen. The teacher should be applauded for calling and finding out whether or not it was a gun. When they found out it was a BB gun, everybody should have stepped back and said, Hey, look, it's a BB gun. That's all it was. BB guns, no big deal. BB guns at school? Nope, you can't bring them to school. No guns, no BB guns, no slingshots, no weapons of any kind brought into the schoolyard. But in the kid's bedroom... 
There's nothing you can do about it. And you need to let the kid off on it. Or you set guidelines beforehand. Now, you can't get mad and you can't suspend a kid or, or get upset with a parent without having real guidelines for home. This is where the school and the superintendent lack, um, I don't, I don't want to say compassion, but, but lack understanding for the home, for the home situation. They need to put out a uniform list of what homeschooling should look like. And unfortunately, in that list, you should say something like, hey, if your kids have bow and arrows, knives, uh, you know, maybe like a little pocket knife, BB guns, and that they might have them displayed on their walls, we can't have that. We can't have those in the screen. Now, I also think it should be common sense for parents, too. You should know this anyways. Parents, quite like I have a banner behind me, you can't see the mess that goes on behind me because I have a banner that blocks it all out. Makes it look somewhat professional. <laughs> yeah, real professional. You got the pipe up there. But you get my point. You can't see beyond me. You don't know what I have behind here. You have no clue. Behind there's a bed. That's what's behind there. But you don't know. It's, it's, it is what it is. So parents, you should be smart enough to realize that your kids are on camera. And the, the just look. All you have to do is open up the Google Chrome, the Chromebook. Put on Zoom meeting or, or Google Class or Google Meetings and see what the camera picks up. And then in that area, make it suitable for, for work. Make it suitable for school so that there are no distractions for the kids. But the superintendent needs to chill. Now, I think it's great that they didn't expel him because they did. They were like, yep, you're expelled. And they pumped the brakes on and they said, hey, wait a second. We can't expel this kid. Let's suspend him. But then he gets suspended. He shouldn't even have been suspended. What should have happened was, okay, we found out it wasn't a gun. It happened to be a BB gun. From, from here on out, now the superintendent sends out something because now the precedent has been set. This is a brand new era. It's homeschooling. You don't know what you're up against. And you didn't think about this one. You didn't think, what if there was a BB gun in the background? So it came up. Now you need to send something out to the parents and say, hey, no weapons of any kind in the screenshot. And it covers all guns. Squirt guns, Nerf guns, BB guns, plastic guns, army guys. Get the crap out of the screen. Just send something out explaining to the parents. The parents are having a tough time too. It, you make it tough enough to, to suspend the kid and now he's got to do all that goddamn catch-up work. And he's nine years old, and it's stressful enough. It's not like he picked it up and held it. His brother tripped over it. He picked it up. He put it to the side. Teacher should have called. I agree with that. Now, why do I agree with the teacher calling? Because some people would say, and I've read, are, are upset with the teacher for making a big deal out of it. What was the teacher supposed to do? 100% every time, if the, if the teacher sees a kid... Picking up something they believe is a gun. Bro, BB guns look a lot like real guns. They do, They just do. Unless you have a clear one. My son has a clear BB gun. It, it's clear. It doesn't look like a real gun. That that I'd be like, come on. You didn't know that was a BB gun? But if, if it looks like a gun, it's the teacher's responsibility to find out. Not only do I think it's the teacher's responsibility, if you're in that class. So let's say I'm with Presley. Let's say... um. Presley's doing her Zoom class, and I see another kid having something in his hand or next to him that looks like a gun. 
I'm going to say something. Of course I'm going to. I think it's the right thing to do. But when you find out that it's not a gun, well, then you move on. When you find out that it's just a BB gun, then you simply inform the parents. You say, hey, look, we're not going to suspend your son. And we're going to send out something uniformly so everybody knows. You can't get mad at somebody if you don't revoke their permission to do it. I've always said this in my work. I've said this with my kids. And I, I say it in my life. If I don't take away your permission to do something, I can't get pissed at you for doing it. If I didn't say, hey, don't, don't touch my computer, now, I can't assume that you're not going to touch it. So if you touch it, I'm going to have to say, okay, great. You touched it. Don't ever touch it again and move on from it. You get what I'm saying? If, if, you, if you put guidelines, life is so simple. Life is very easy. If you put restrictions, if you put rules on people and you let them know the deal, then they know what to do. If there was something sent out to the families and to this kid that said, hey, no guns, nothing that looks like a gun, nothing that looks like a weapon can be in the screen, none of this would have happened. And then if it did happen, if it did, then you would have something to fall back on. You'd fall back on your bylaws and you'd say, look, unfortunately you're suspended because it's one of our rules that you can't do this. But nobody has that yet because nobody understands. I don't think anybody understood the, the, the dynamic of what they were going to see when they got welcomed into people's homes. I don't think teachers were ready to see siblings running naked behind kids while they were doing class. I don't think teachers were ready for kids to actually have a BB gun behind them that got knocked over and to, and to pick it up and to place it down. I don't think teachers are ready for, for other kids, older kids, to pull pranks on them. Because that's what kids are doing. I don't think kids' teachers were ready or thought you know, they, they could sit back and fathom that a parent would be behind their kids smoking a joint, a big-ass blunt. I don't think... They, people weren't ready for it. They weren't expecting it. They were thinking that the American public is better than that. We're not. Bro, we're not. I'm I, When I'm not on my podcast, I'm ass... Bro, I'm in my undies. 100%. I'm down to the undies. If I got someone coming over, I put clothes on. If I got someone coming over, I clean my house. Shit, ask my neighbor. My neighbor was watching my dog this week, and I was like, hey, we got to somewhat clean the house so that when Pam comes through and Catherine come through, they're like, these, guys, these people are absolute savages. And they probably still thought the house was a mess. The point is, you would think that most people would clean up the area that's on camera, but they don't, and you can't penalize the kids for this shit. They're kids. They, 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 their parents haven't, if you haven't given the parents the rules to go by, they're going to live everyday life, just like as if they were home. So I don't think that the kids should have been suspended. I think schools need to do a better job outlining what, what happens. I'll give you an example. My son, Nariam, he's doing remote schooling. And, and in Revere, they use Zoom because apparently there's a problem with Google Meetings where it always crashes. Narium uses Google Meetings. I get a phone call from his mom telling me that Narium's fucking off and he's not doing his work and he, and he keeps bouncing out of Google, Google um, Meetings. And I said, hey, you know, there's, there's an issue with this, with the, Google, with the Google Meeting, and it keeps dying out. Revere doesn't use it anymore. Maybe it wasn't no joke. And, and I said to her the same thing. I said, look, 
We need to set rules for him. We can't get mad at him because we never set a rule for him. So now here's the rule. If Narium gets kicked out of Google Meeting, he needs to log back into Google Meeting. That's step one. Step two, he gets bounced out again. He needs to reboot his computer. And then he gets back in Google Meeting. If he cannot get back into Google Meeting, he needs to contact his teacher either through email or through Google Class and tell the teacher that he keeps getting bounced out of Google Meeting. And then the teacher needs to reply with something to the effect of, well, that's okay, Narium, just do your classwork, or yes, Narium, we're having issues. This way, Narium now knows exactly what to do to, to remedy the situation, how to troubleshoot. The 12-year-old now knows that his step is log back in. If it doesn't work, reboot. After rebooting it doesn't work, reach out to the teacher, get the reply from the teacher as to what he should do next, and then do it. If he doesn't do that now, now he gets in trouble. So he didn't get in trouble Friday, which I'm sure is shit that it was him and he didn't want to do school. But I didn't get him. He didn't get grounded. He didn't get punished because it was on us as parents. We didn't set the guideline. We didn't set him up to win. Parents need the fucking parent. Simple. Set your kids up to win. Set rules. Set boundaries. And if they break the rules and they break the boundaries, they know they are in trouble. They know. Because you could say, plain and simple, I could sit down to Nojo. I could say, bro, did you log back in? Yeah. You did? Okay, great. After you log back in, what happened? I got bounced out. Did you reboot the computer? Yes. Great. Can I see the teacher's response to what you just said? And then if he's like, ah, 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 dead, <laughs> you know, like stupid fucking 12-year-olds do, <laughs> then he's toast. That's it. But if he did what he was supposed to do, and the teacher replied with, Narim, just do the classwork in Google Classroom, don't worry about logging in, great. Problem solved. You Do you understand what I'm saying here? Set rules. Plans. Set your kids up to win. Don't just plop their ass in front of a computer and expect them to know what the fuck to do. Learn. Learn from it. So when they do something, then you know. It's, it's just like in my business. Something happens, I go, okay, I, that can't happen again. But I'm not going to get mad at my employee because I didn't know this was an issue. And I didn't give him the, 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 the script. Bro, I got, a, I got a six page pamphlet on how to take a fridge out of someone's basement that I wrote. So that if someone ever said to me they didn't know how to do it, I'd be like, did you read the pamphlet that I wrote on what tools you need and how to break it down and how to get it out safely and the pieces you have to take apart? Yup. You, did you follow it? Uh, uh, no. You got to do the same with the kids and the school has to do the same with the parents. The superintendent has to look at this and say, I got a bunch of parents that have no clue how to handle homeschooling. We need to give them a break. We need to give them lists, guidelines, and things to follow. And if we don't, we are the failures and we can't bump their kids out of school for a mistake on our end. Yeah, I'm done on that. Homeschooling is a nightmare. I'll be home tomorrow. I'll be Mr. Paziali on Monday with my daughter. I've already learned just a little bit. I've learned that everything is a distraction. Me being in the room distracts my daughter. The dogs being in the room distracts my daughter. Toys in the room distracts my daughter. Every fucking thing distracts my daughter. So I'm trying my best 
to get to, 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 to create rules for her if she gets distracted. Honey, if you can't pay attention to get distracted, you, we have a sticker chart for her. If she gets stickers, she's going to get something. If she, she does bad, she loses a sticker. I try to keep her in check. I get that it's tough. I do. I just think that we can't overreact. What I'm trying to get at here is you can't overreact. As a superintendent, when you found out that the gun wasn't a gun, right then and there, you should have just said, all right, clearly we have a problem with peering into people's homes and seeing things that we were not expecting to see. We have to come up with some kind of system of rules to keep this in check. This kid should not have gotten trouble. He could have been the example in, in, the, in the standard setting after that, but you guys should have let the... It was a fucking BB gun. Come on. A BB gun. Every kid's got a bit. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Every kid... My kid had a Red Ryder BB gun. Now, of course, like I said, he's got an AR-15 or AR-16. I don't know what the hell it is, but the thing could pop off like 10 rounds like that. And he's great shot. He hits the bullseye like every time. All right, that's it on the schooling crap. I feel like I should get, you know, let's get the shocks. We need the shocks. We need them. And a lot of shocks, uh, 500 million sharks are going to be killed to save our lives. We need it. And you know how I feel? The monkey people, we need monkeys. There is a shortage in the United States on monkeys. We use monkeys to test for cures for cancer, for cures for AIDS, for cures for, for COVID, we use the monkeys because their DNA is close to ours. They're like us. We test the shit out of them. We don't have any monkeys left. We're very low on monkeys. So I've said this before. If you have a monkey, donate that to the United States because the United States needs the patriotic thing to do is to donate your monkey so you can save American lives. It's horrible that the monkeys have to suffer. It's horrible what they do to them. But I'll tell you what, I take me over a monkey Every single day. I'm the guy that drives down the street and there's a squirrel in the road. I don't swerve. The squirrel's going to get fucking hit. I can't stand when people swerve. Bro, you're going to take out someone's daughter over a squirrel. There's a squirrel in the road. Drive straight. I hate it. There's a bird in the road. Bro, you take out my kid because you're trying to save a bird. You're dead. So... We are the, we're the top of the food chain. We belong on the top of the food chain. Therefore, if there's a squirrel on the road, I don't swerve. If monkeys need to be tested so that we can be saved, we test the monkeys. And if 500 million, 500,000 sharks need to be killed for, they, they, they have this oil in their liver. It's, um, squat, squat, squalene, squalene, squat, squalene, squalene. They have an oil in their, in their liver. It's called squalene. And it's used in the vaccinations that they're creating for COVID. Uh, uh, bro, I don't care if they have to kill every damn shark in the ocean. Do whatever you have to do to save the human race. Whatever it takes. If all the sharks have to go, they all have to go. Now, obviously, I'm not a moron. It's not a, a, a sustainable, um, you know, harvesting this squalene from the sharks isn't sustainable. You kill off all the sharks, well, then you don't have it anymore. Sure as shit, they're going to have to make a generic version of it. They're going to have to figure out how to synthetically make it. But until they can, kill all the sharks you have to kill to save lives. Kill all the monkeys you need to do. And right now, there are people watching and people listening saying, no, nah, fuck that. You can't kill sharks. You can't kill monkeys. I'll put it to you like this. 
There's not a single person listening to this podcast or America's podcast. Not one. If you were dying or your daughter was dying, not... Yeah, I do. My lips are mad chapped. I need squealing from the shock's liver and that might help me out. Not one of you. I'm telling you now. If you were dying and they came to you and they said, we need to kill 500,000 sharks to save your life, you wouldn't bat an eye. You'd be like, yeah, that's great. Kill, kill them all. Get it done. Every single one of you. Even worse, maybe you'd be righteous. Fuck it. Let's say you're righteous. You're like, you know what? I'm okay with dying. Let's save 500,000 sharks. But if your daughter had it, your daughter had something, and she comes up to you. My daughter's five years old, man. She, I love this girl more than anything in the world. There's nothing I wouldn't do for my daughter. I love her so much. And if the scientists came to me and they were like, hey, Mr. Paziali, we, we have terrible news. Your, your daughter has this weird um, illness, and the only way to save her is we need 500,000 shock livers, so, but we're going to do it. We're going to kill all these shocks, and we're going to save your daughter, or... You know, but if we do it, it's going to fuck up the ecosystem and there's not going to be enough predators. I wouldn't even think twice about it. I'd do whatever the hell you have to do. I wouldn't, they wouldn't even have to have that conversation with me. They come to me and say, hey, we're going to do fucked up shit to save your daughter. I'd say, yeah, that's great. Go do fucked up shit so that I can, so they, bro, I'll kill you to save my daughter. Let's be clear on that. I'll kill you for my daughter to live. If that's like God came down and was like, hey, Anthony, you need to go fucking kill everybody in the neighborhood and I'll let your daughter live. Yep, I'm going outside. They're all dying. Everyone is. Everybody's gone. And I and these are my friends and my family. I love everybody. I'll, I'll fucking kill the whole audience for her. Get it? So we're talking about sharks and we're talking about monkeys. And, and I feel for them. Trust me. I don't want to see... I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be in the lab where they're torturing monkeys. I don't want to be out in the ocean where they're catching sharks to, to suck oil out of their liver. Just like literally. I mean, you're talking about a liver of a shark. Hopefully they'll use the rest of the shark for something. But when it comes to saving lives, we're first. And I bring it nice and easy to the squirrel. You're driving down the road and... You're just, you're driving, and no one pays attention when they're driving anymore. When you're cruising, you're messing with the radio, so you just got a ping on your phone, and you, you look up real quick and you see a squirrel, and then what do you do? Everybody does it. You swerve. And one of those days, so that you could save that little fucking rat with the big-ass tail, you're going to swerve, and you're going to hit somebody, and you're going to kill somebody over a squirrel. Not me. I see a squirrel, I don't speed up, I don't want to hit it. But I'm not avoiding it so that I can hit something else. I'm not going to avoid the squirrel or the pigeon or the fucking seagull so that I can go into the other lane and hit the other person who's driving or so I can swerve up onto the sidewalk and hit that or even for my car. I'm not hitting a telephone pole to swerve for a fucking squirrel. Doesn't mean I don't like squirrels. I do. I don't want to hit it. But I think you get my point. I think you understand what I'm trying to tell you guys. If you had a monkey, you know what? We should go right to the old school, old school thinking. This is how people love to talk, right? This is, we love, 
We love to talk with hypotheticals. You know the conversation where you're like, oh, you know, if you had your son in one hand and your daughter in the other hand and you had to drop one of them, you could only save one of them and everybody's like, oh, oh, oh we'd all fall off. We'd, I, I won't even lie to you, bro. My son's going to go for a ride. I'm, I'm saving my daughter. See? No lies here. I don't... If I got one, I'm saving, I'm saving the girl. My kids live, Naren's lived 12 years. He's fucking half dead anyways. But we'll just go with that. So here's, here's, here's how people love to do it. So you're on a cliff, we'll get dramatic. You're on a cliff. And in one hand, you got your kid. In the other hand, you have a shock. You're holding a shock in this hand. And you got your daughter in this hand. But you can only save one of them. You don't even think. That, that's not even a question. There's not even, don't even has to say, hey, you're gonna you're gonna save the shock of your daughter. Nope, all of us drop the shock. Same thing with a monkey. You got a monkey in this hand. You got a kid, bro. If you had a monkey and your cat in a, in your hand, you drop the monkey. If you had your cat and a shock, you drop the you drop the you drop the shock. So, I get the issue. I understand that if you took five hundred thousand shocks out of the ecosystem, it would be crazy. That they're they're a predator, right? So they they eat certain fish. Maybe it'd be good for the fishing business. Maybe there'd be more fish. I d I don't know. I understand that you know if you killed off all the bees, the world would end, right? That that's what scientists say. If you killed off all the bees, the world would end. But if I had to kill all the bees to save my daughter, I'd give it a shot. I'd try to do it, and all of us would. So I I, I can't deal with the animal people. The, the shark people and the monkey people, it's the same people that think that, that cows get killed humanely. It's the How do you humanely kill anything? How do you humanely kill fucking anything? You're killing it. I don't care. Oh, you think it's so humane to put a big thing through its head? Or when you put a person to death, you put, you know, poison in their arm? You're killing somebody. It doesn't matter how you do it. It's death. So please, don't be so righteous. When you're eating meat, something had to die so you could eat it. When you're eating a chicken, the chicken had to get its head cut off. When you're having turkey dinner, they cut the turkey's head off. They pulled its damn gizzard out. They took out its heart, and you're eating it. And someone plucked it. Nothing humane about it. Why don't you go ask the turkey? Say, hey, hey. Get his ass over there and be like, hey, Tom Turkey, how do you feel about fucking humans eating you? He'll be like, you guys are terrorists. You guys are a bunch of fucking terrorists. But do you think the lion, does the lion ask the elephant? Does the lion feel bad as a lion? We're fucking eating up on the elephant. Nope, he don't give a shit. And neither do we. We're top of the food chain. And if we have to kill monkeys for vaccines, we will. And if we have to kill 500,000 sharks to create our vaccines so we can get this squalene oil out of their liver, we will. It's just like foie gras. However you say it. Bro, I don't care. You can kill as many fucking geese as you want. If you want to eat geese liver. I don't give a shit. Eat them up. New Hampshire used to be the live free, live free or die state. New Hampshire is now the live free and die state. There's a new story out of New Hampshire where apparently a man and a woman thought they were going to live free. And then when the guy, when the husband found out, he had other plans. So you have a married couple. The wife is having an affair. 
the husband finds out that the wife is screwing around with another guy who is like 25 years old. And what does the husband do? What does any man do when you find out that your wife is cheating on you? Well, yeah, and maybe you don't kill the guy, but he, he killed him. He finds out his wife's cheating, goes and finds the lover. He kills the lover, but it gets even better. It gets to a, a, a disgusting twist. He kills the lover. Then he makes his wife cut the guy's head off. So he is, he's, he's shoots this guy three times, dead, points the gun at the wife and says, Hey, you're going to cut this guy's head off and you're going to bury it. So he gets, he, that, that, he beats the shit out of the wife, which, I, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, that's a garbage move. I, 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 won't, I can have a little fun about, uh, uh, listen, jealousy is an ugly, ugly monster. It is. You guys should read. I like, I, listen, my daughter, I like to read and I like to read Shakespeare. Othello is my favorite, one of my favorite Shakespearean plays, fake, a book, whatever you want to call it. And, it. and it deals in jealousy. Jealousy is, an e, is, is the evilest of evil emotions. It'll make you do things that you don't want to do. I always say to my kids, never let your emotions make you do something you can't take back. And hitting a woman is one of those things that you can't take back. You should never. I don't care if the bitch fucks somebody. Don't hit women. You're stronger. You're more powerful. Don't. Just don't. I, I, I don't condone it in any, in any manner. So anyways, he beats the shit out of her. They both get arrested. He's going to jail or he's going to be charged with capital murder. She is getting charged with tampering evidence. But of course, she's saying, wait a second, I wasn't tampering evidence. This guy held me, you know, by a gun. But anyways, to move on from that, I can, I, I, listen. Don't ever, don't fucking sleep with some guy's wife, bro. Don't. Honestly, I, 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 the whole, the reason I brought up the story is that I would just say this. People, we're adults, okay? Hear me out. We're all adults now. I give people passes in their 20s. You're in your 20s. You're young. You're dumb. You touch the stove. It was hot. That's how you learn. You touch. Ah, that's your hot. But when you get older, right? Honestly, when you're about 25 or older, you should know. Don't, don't fuck another man's wife. Don't do it. Have, have some pride. Look at yourself in the mirror. Or, or you know what? Have some balls, if a married woman comes to you and wants to hook up with you, if I can have some balls to say no, absolutely not, then go fucking tell the bitch's husband. Say, hey, you're probably going to hit me in the face, but I want to let you know that your scumbag wife is sleeping around on you. And if you're unhappy, wifey, and you don't want to be with your husband anymore, be an adult. Call the man, go home and say, I don't want to be with you anymore. Because if you had done that, this guy, your boyfriend, would still be alive. If you went home and you had nuts and you went to your significant other, who was probably still very much in love with you, and you said, hey, look, I'm not here anymore. I don't want to be with you anymore. I'm moving on. Your boyfriend might still be alive, but instead you chose to sneak around, which brings up that awful of all emotions, jealousy, the rage, the green-eyed monster that'll just fucking drive a man. Bro, you could run through a brick wall. Every dude, every guy that's listening to this program right now knows what I'm talking about. Jealousy, you could run through, bro, you could run through a wall. I'm telling you. I'm I'll tell you right now. 
Don't ever get the fucking way of a jealous man. They have retard strength. Yes, I said it, retard strength. You have retard strength when you're jealous. You could, you could absolutely run through a wall. Period. But we're older than that now. We're not kids anymore. Have respect for another man. Have respect for the relationship. Simply just say, I'm not in for this. I'm not doing this. And if something like that comes about, seek the man out and tell him. Don't let the poor guy be the last one to know. Don't be the one that makes this guy pick up the gun in jealous rage and have to shoot you. I almost feel like you deserve to die. You go and sneaking around with another man's wife, you probably should get shot and be killed. For one, out of pure stupidity. Out of the fact that you just shouldn't be doing it and you know it. And then the other thing is you should know the rage that you're going to get. You should know that when this dude finds out, there is nothing you can do to stop him from finding you and beating the shit out of you. Nothing. Nada. Don't ever get in the way of a dude who's on a jealous rant. So, there. That's New Hampshire. Live free and die state. You're not free anymore to, to go around and anymore, you never were, and bang other dudes' wives, and if you do, you're going to get your ass kicked, and you're going to get killed, because the guy's going to be in a super rage. It's just a simple thing, people. Life's really easy. I don't know why we, as Americans, need to make life so difficult. It's simple. If another man's wife wants to hook up with you, the answer is fucking no. That's it. Don't be a scumbag. In your 20s, fine, man. In the 20s, you wanted to touch the stove? Ah, ah, that's hot, that's hot. Now, now you're an, an adult and you need to have adult conversations with people. If you are not happy with your significant other, grow a set, have some pride, get your ass in there and say, I'm not happy. I'd like to move on. The other, other person might not be ready. They might not want to, but that's tough shit. You've done the right thing. You said you're moving on. That's the right thing to do. The wrong thing to do is fuck around behind someone's back, string them along as if you still care about them and fuck with them. That's fuck. That's messed up. You deserve to get your ass kicked in for that. What does that say? At that point, you think it. Yes, at that point, you are 100% thinking with the wrong head. 100%. Well said, Rich. All right, moving on from that. Well, I think we got one more thing. Yeah, but, all right. I didn't want to get into the Supreme Court nomination shit. And I'll tell you why. Like, I don't... I, listen, I love politics... I, I sure as hell do. Um, I care about politics a lot. I care about local politics. I care about state law uh, politics and federal politics. But I don't lie to people. I don't act like I'm the end-all, be-all, know-all about certain topics. And when it comes to the, the nominee that <clears throat> um, President Trump has picked for the Supreme Court, I don't know much about her. I, I, I so, so much don't know much about her. I have problems saying her name. Amy Coney Barrett. I think that's what it is. Miss Barrett, <clears throat> all I know about her is what I've read. I, I, typically, I could sit back and I could say, you know, uh, uh, like Charlie Baker, I could say, hey, you know, Charlie Baker used to be a state rep, and then after he was a state rep, he, he worked in healthcare, and after he worked in healthcare, now he's our governor, and I've known what he's done over the past few years because I've, I've been there for the body of work. 
I could speak to that about Charlie Baker. I could speak to that about Deval Patrick. I could speak to that about Mitt Romney. Because I, I've been here in Massachusetts watching, following these guys for a long time. This lady I know nothing about. So getting into a conversation about whether or not I think she's suitable, I don't know. Okay? I don't know. what. It, so I'm not going to get into that conversation. I'm going to try to find out what I think about her, just like everybody else. I'll read up on her. I'll try to find some of the, the, the things that people think are good, some of the things that people think are bad about her, and I'll come across with my own decision. But that's not what I want to talk about here. I just want to be honest. I don't bullshit. I don't pretend I know something about somebody and they come on my program and feed you a line of shit without having, a, without having true background looks on it. So I'm, I'm not that dude. But I do have a problem with the Senate Judiciary Committee. This is the, I, I already broke this down, but I'll break it down real quick for you guys. The way this works, the president nominates a new justice or, or nominates someone that he would like to be the new justice. Then it goes to the Senate. The Senate, before it gets to the Senate floor, they have a Senate Judiciary Committee. This committee in the United States, this committee is made up of 22 members. It is 12 members from the majority party, which happens to be the Republican Party now, 10 members for the minority party, which happens to be the Democrats right now. So it's made up of 22 senators. They're going to be the first to quote-unquote grill. Really what it is, they're supposed to be doing background checks. They're supposed to be verifying this woman. They're supposed to be checking in and making sure that she is worthy of the post. That's what they're going to do. It is their job to do it. In their job description, being on the Judiciary Committee, it is their job to meet with this lady, to vet this lady. This is exactly why they're on the committee. Kamala Harris is on the committee, who is running uh, for vice president right now. On the Democratic side, these people, their job is to vet. They don't have a choice. So, for example, let me give you, uh, uh, well, I'll tell you what's happening. Democrats, at least two, three, I'm sorry, three Democrats on the Judiciary Committee have said they will not be a part of the vetting process. They will not meet with, with, with the nominee. They will not do any of that work. I have a problem with that. Now, I don't care. We don't need their votes. It's going to pass to the Senate, right? So it goes, from, so they're going to have a vote in the Judiciary Committee, and it's going to be 12 to 10. Or maybe it'll be 12 uh, to 7 if the three Democrats sit out like they say they're going to be. So we will go to the next level. At the, the head of the Judiciary uh, Committee is Lindsey Graham. That will get voted on. Then it will go to the Senate for the real vote. Hits the Senate floor. All 100 senators will be there and voting. Currently, it is a 53 to 57 majority for the Republicans. They only need 51 votes to make her, uh, to, to put her on the seat. Now, back to the, to the Judiciary Committee. What these three senators are saying, they should be impeached for. But hear me out. They, they're not doing their job. They're not doing their constitutional duty. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They have to vet this person, and they have to be honest. They need to vet her and say, no, we don't want her. Or they have to vet her and say, yes, we do want her. The point is they have to do it. Imagine you're working at McDonald's, and the manager or, or a customer orders and says, I would like a cheeseburger with no cheese. You might say, well, it's a, it's a fucking hamburger. Well, to the customer, they're like, nah, 
Now let that shit's a cheeseburger with no cheese. Not your job to argue with them. Not your job to fucking tell them whether it's a cheeseburger or a fucking burger. It's your job to put it in the damn system. Cheeseburger with no cheese. And then the guy in the back makes a fucking hamburger and sends that shit out and says, here's a cheeseburger with no cheese. Get my point? If you don't do it, you don't do your job, you get fired. You're on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Your job on this committee, which is the toughest committee to get on, it's the most important committee in the Senate, hands down, you don't get to walk away from your job and not do your duty, your constitutional duty, to ensure... Well, listen, let me be clear. In the Constitution, it says nothing about Judiciary Committee at all. It's something that Congress created, which they have the right to create, to have a, a subcommittee before it hits the floor. It saves a shit ton of time. They get rid of shitheads before they get to the floor. That's why all businesses have committees. Franchises have committees. Committees are made so that you can vet somebody and then bring them on. So it is their job to do it. And when you don't do your job, you get fired. And honestly, I believe it is an impeachable reason. I believe it's impeachable for them to turn their back on their duty. They took an oath of duty. And it said duty. They took an oath to uphold the law of the United States. And one of the, it's not a constitutional law, but one of the laws of the United States is that there will be a judiciary committee that will vet Supreme Court nominees. You are on that committee. You have to vet this person, and to say that you will not vet this person is saying that you will not do your job. You should fucking resign. You should resign immediately. If you can't do your job because you're butt hurt, then you need to leave. There are so many jobs that I do that I'm butt hurt about doing, but I do them because they're my job. Stop making this about your vendetta with Donald Trump. And start making it about your job and the American people. The American people have nom- have have elected a majority Senate. The American people have elected Donald Trump. It is Donald Trump's constitutional duty to select a nominee. It is the Senate's constitutional duty to either confirm or deny this person. And by law, it is the Senate Judiciary Committee's job to vet the person and have a vote as to whether or not it should be sent to the Senate floor. And by you turning your back on this duty, you turn your back on the American people, you turn your back on your oath of office, and you should resign. And if you do not resign, you should be impeached. Of course, you won't be, because the House of Representatives needs to impeach you, which is ran by fucking Nancy Pelosi and all the Democrats, and they are applauding you. They are sitting back saying, how bravo! Just like a typical Democrat not to do their fucking job. Just like a typical Democrat to want to get paid but not work. But sure as shit, if it was your nominee, you guys would be there. Well, let me tell you something. Over the years, when Democratic presidents have made nominations like Barack Obama, the senators from the GOP took it serious. The senators that were on the Judiciary Committee, they set out to vet to make sure that these were good people. Why? Because they knew. They knew no matter what, they were going to have to nominate someone. So they wanted to make sure that they vetted and made sure that these people were decent people and were going to do a good job. And you could say that they haven't, but they have. It's disgusting to me 
that over a petty squabble. This, these are the people that lead our country. You're a senator on one of the most important committees in the United States of America, and you have a petty beef. You don't like the president. You, you fucking milk. <laughs> milk isn't cool. You sound like a whiny baby. If you don't like the nominee, vet her and don't vote for her. It's your job. Don't, don't skirt your job. Don't not show up to your job because you have a problem with who the president is. That's all it's about. Here's how it works. It's simple. And I'll say it again. Per the Constitution, the president nominates a Supreme Court justice. Per the Constitution, the Senate confirms or denies that nominee. Per the law, excuse me, that was major GERD. Per the law, per the law of the land, written by Congress, there will be a Senate Judiciary Committee which will vet said nominees. We'll have a vote. There will be 22 members, 12 for the majority party, 10 for the minority party. They will vet. They will meet with the candidate and they will pass a vote on whether or not it gets sent to Congress for the full 100 senators to vote. And the fact that you say you won't do it has me beyond bullshit. And I feel like it's impeachable when you decide that you're going to turn your back on the American people because you don't like the president, when you decide that, that the country needs to stop working until after your guy might get elected, we're, we're talking months out, when you decide, fuck the American people, we decide, fuck you. Plain and simple. Do your job or quit. If you can't do your job, you should resign. And trust me, it will be duly noted who you are what, what you did when this came around, and it will affect you going forward in your political career because us Americans, us good, hardworking Americans, understand that there are things at work we don't want to do, but we do them. There are things that we hate doing, but we do them. We still do them because they're our job. That's what we got hired to do. That's what you got elected to do. You need to do your job. All right. Thank you for listening to America's Podcast. Bro, I just got smoked with the GERD. I need, like, something to drink. I'm dying. I had pulled pork. It's pretty good, too. Mavis. All right. Thank you for listening to America's Podcast. I appreciate your time. Subscribe to the podcast. Like me on all the social medias. You guys all have a good night. Go Pats.